0: In the second reading, God justifies us through faith in Christ. The second reading is from the book of Romans, the third chapter. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been apart from the works of the law. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Because God is first. And for her, I am the second most important person in her life. Because God is first for her. And if you can get the first commandment right, if you can put God first in your life, the rest of the commandments are easier. You can get the first commandment right, you can stay out of the ditch. If you get the first commandment right, know what's most important in your life. Put God first, then then life is good. Okay, thank you for coming up and may sit down. Yeah. It all began in a thunderstorm, with a crash of light, a clash of thunder, and a bolt of lightning. It all began in a thunderstorm. On the 2nd of July, 1505, the young Martin Luther, 22 years old, a university student preparing to be a lawyer, young 22-year-old Martin Luther was riding his horse through the countryside of Saxony in Germany. And a summer storm came up. And all of a sudden there was a crash of thunder and a lightning bolt that came so close to hitting Luther that it knocked him off his horse. He remembered later on that he hit the ground with such force he almost broke his foot. And in fear and terror, the young Martin Luther cried out, Saint Anne, help me, and I will become a monk. Saint Anne was the patron saint of miners. Saint Anne was the patron saint of people who worked underground, who worked in the mines. And Luther's father was in the mining business, so Luther knew Saint Anne. A monk. A monk was someone who gave his life to the church. He agreed to be poor, to be single, and to be obedient. He took a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience become the property of the church. And in terror, Luther cried out, Save me, Saint Anne, and I will become a monk. And within a couple of weeks, Luther had sold everything and joined a monastery. He who was getting ready to be a somebody, a lawyer, is that a somebody? I guess it is. Lee, who was preparing to be a somebody, quit that and prepared to be a nobody, to be a monk, a priest. And it all happened because lightning struck. The amazing thing about this is that Luther kept his word about that vow. Nobody heard it. He was all alone. Nobody heard it except God. But that was enough. You know, oftentimes when things are bad, when there is a crisis in life, we tend to want to bargain with God, make a promise to God, so that God will help us. How many of you watch MASH? you seen MASH? You ever seen MASH? Raise your hand. Okay. You know Father Mulcahy. Father Mulcahy, one day, Father Mulcahy was in the ward taking care of, of uh, soldiers who had been wounded. And he was talking to this uh, soldier who had been wounded, and the soldier had a, a really a problem on his heart. He said, Father Mulcahy, when I was out there fighting, I was so afraid that I promised God that if he saved me, I would become a Catholic priest. And the young man said, now I'm here And Father Mulcahy, I don't want to be a Catholic priest. What should I do? And Father Mulcahy said, well, son, if everybody who ever made a promise like that in war kept it, the Catholic priesthood would have a population explosion. See, we we tend to bargain with God to get our way. That's what Luther did. Save me, St. Anne, and I will become a monk. We have to say this about Luther. He kept that promise. It says something about his integrity. Nobody heard it but God. And that was enough. Luther had made a promise, and he was going to promise. He was going to keep that promise. He'd become a monk because lightning had struck. It was a difficult decision to make because Luther knew that his father would be furious because Luther's father, Hans, wanted Luther to be a lawyer. He wanted his his son to move up in the social strata. And indeed, when Hans Luther found out that Martin was going to the monastery, he was furious. He was throwing away his career. But Luther decided it would be better to face the anger of his father for his lifetime rather than face the anger of God all eternity and so Luther became a monk and in that simple decision when lightning struck the history of Europe, the history of Christianity in the Western world was changed. Twelve years later when Luther was 34 he found himself in Wittenberg on the 31st of October 1517. It's the 499th anniversary tomorrow. He found himself before the bulletin board of the community which was the church door. And he found himself nailing up on the church door 99 things he wanted to talk to the church about. He didn't want to fight. He didn't want to argue. He just said, let's talk about this stuff. It's called the posting of the 95 Theses. A few years later, Luther was kicked out of the church for teaching things that the church disapproved of. And then the church divided and the Protestant Reformation started. The Lutheran church was born. All the other Protestant denominations were formed because lightning, because lightning had struck. You have to wonder, was the lightning sent by God Did God use the lightning to engineer the circumstances of young Martin so that he would become a reformer of the church? In his early years, Luther thought, yes, God sent the lightning. His father, Hans, thought, no, the devil had sent the lightning. And later in his life, looking back on all the trials and tribulations that he had had, Luther too wondered, did God send the lightning? Or did the devil send the lightning? You can decide for yourself. One thing we know for sure, that Luther took God seriously. Luther's religion was not just one, Sunday on, uh, one hour on Sunday morning. Luther took God seriously. And in the monastery, Luther looked for peace with God. He wanted to have peace with God, and he couldn't find peace with God And he couldn't find peace with God because of his sins. And so to get rid of his sins, Luther worked and prayed. He starved himself. He beat himself. In the winter, he would lay half naked in his cell to try to overcome his sins. The church taught that he could get rid of his sins through going to confession. And so Luther would go to confession. And he he would confess any sin he could possibly think of Sometimes his confession, his confession lasted six hours. Can you imagine six hours in confession? It got so bad that when the other priests saw Luther coming for a confession, they ran away. <laughs> because they knew it was crazy. So nitpicky about his sins. And that when we think about people like that, we, today we would say, well... He's got a problem, right? He's a little a little funny upstairs. He needs to go to take a pill, he needs to see a shrink. He thinks too much about sin. If you remember back to last week, the tax collector in the temple, who stood in the back of the temple and beat his breast and said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Was he too concerned with sin? Or was he really dealing with the innermost part of his heart? That's what Luther was doing dealing with the innermost part of his heart and all he wanted. Luther just wanted peace with God. He was not looking for a doctrine, he was not looking for a teaching, he was not looking for an idea. He was looking for peace with God. And through all of his works, he couldn't find it. All the stuff the church taught him brought him no peace with God. Luther was attached to the, to the uh, university at Wittenberg. And Luther was, began, uh, began to prepare lectures on the letter to the Romans he was teaching in the university. And he came across Romans 1.17 where it says, the righteous shall live by faith. He had read that before, but its meaning never dawned on him before. The righteous people live not by stuff they do. The righteous live by faith. And Luther said, it was like the heavens opened and everything was made clear. The righteous shall live by faith it happens that we in the church can hear the gospel for years and years and years and the truth of it doesn't break into us you hear it but it doesn't make its way into your heart and soul and transform your life i've told you before about the pastor once who was preparing an easter sermon and he was writing and writing and he said and he wrote the sentence and jesus is alive and Jesus is alive. And he looked at it. It says, and Jesus is alive. And he said, he's alive. It never dawned on him that Jesus was alive. And he got up and he was dancing around the room singing, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. The truth of that finally broke through to him. And for the rest of his ministry, every Sunday, they sang an Easter hymn to remind everybody that Jesus is alive. And sometimes it happens that people sit in the church their whole life and the good news of the gospel doesn't penetrate into their hearts to give them peace. With Luther, the good news of the gospel finally penetrated into his heart and gave him peace. Next slide. Now this is part of what St. Paul wrote and this is part of what St. Paul discovered uh, to be the truth. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody. Not just Luther, everybody. They are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. I thought about that last line, to be received by faith. You receive this gift by faith. And I thought about a credit card. How many of you got a credit card? Anybody got a credit card? All the hands go up. Well, you know, you know when you get a new one, right? What do you have to do? You have to authorize it. You have to authenticate it. And until you call them up, and say, I got my new credit card, I want to use it, it's no good. If you don't authorize it, you go to the store, it's no good. But once you authorize it, it's good. Well, how do you authorize this gift? This gift of God? Well, you believe it. Once you believe the gift, once you believe that Jesus Christ died for you, it's authorized. And you're empowered, and and that becomes part of you. And that's what what faith does. Faith authorizes, empowers that gift to be ours. And it's a gift. See, Luther was trying to be saved by what he did. That didn't work. It's a gift. The gift is free, but it's not cheap. There's a saying in economics, you know, there is no such thing as a free lunch. Ever heard that? right. Who has had a free lunch? Anybody here ever had a free lunch? It was free to you. It was free to you. But it wasn't free for the person who provided it for you. Salvation is free to us. But it wasn't free to Jesus Christ. He gave his life as a gift. And now as we authorize that gift and we empower that gift, We become saved, and that's the thing that dawned on Luther. Wow! It's a gift. And one thing you want to say about the Lutheran Church is that's that's, that's a central teaching of our Lutheran Church. You are saved by grace through faith. Grace is simply the gift. And you make the gift your own by faith. Faith and grace are the Reformation twins. I like that. Faith and grace are the Reformation twins. And that's a central teaching of, of our church. You can't do anything to save yourself. You have to accept the gift. And, and if you want proof of that, I suggest this to people. Do you think you can save yourself? Just bend down and grab your ankles and lift How high up off the ground will you go? That's what it's like to try to save yourself. But the hand of Jesus reaches down and lifts you up. Grace and faith. The Reformation twins. It's free. But it means that you and I, our res- recipients of this gift, are responsible. We are responsible Christian people. You don't take the gift and run. You reflect your gratitude for the gift by the life you live. A life that pleases God. A life that serves others. A life that fights against sin. A life that prays. A life that comes to worship. A life that in all things honors the first commandment. That's who we are as Christians. And that's who we are as Lutheran Christians. Grace and faith. The Reformation twins. And we have that, we have that message. Because long ago, lightning struck. Amen.